1: That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast
1: feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. This is our deep dive show. One part of our Super Star Destroyer. A half of our Super Star Destroyer of main shows. And I am Joseph Scrimshaw.
3: And I'm Ken Napsack. Is it fair to say this might be the research library and laboratory of our Super Star Destroyer?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's a Jedi archive in space. How about that? I love that. I love that. (laughs) Deep dive
3: discussion today coming on Thrawn Ascendancy, Joseph. This is is going to be very
1: blue. (laughs) That's right. We are going to swear constantly and tell naughty jokes about the Chiss. Uh, Man, if people aren't familiar with that term, uh, I would imagine a lot of people are. But if you aren't, it's like an old vaudeville code of, you know, working blue uh, and really always enjoyed that turn of phrase and uh, one time. Not one time. Uh, early part of my career, I did a monthly comedy show uh, with my brother. Look, mono pants. Uh, it was it was naughty. It was naughty on purpose. We drank on stage on purpose. It was all very naughty. Our very first show. For some reason, our grandmother came, and afterwards, she was just like, "That was very blue." I'm like, "Uh huh, uh huh." <laughs>
3: Yes, like the pages of this book.
1: <laughs> exactly. So enough about my past. Let's get into Thrawn's past. Uh, we're going to talk about Thrawn Ascendancy, colon, Chaos Rising. So much ascending and rising. Uh, but first, of course, we want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And, Ken, we've been recommending the book we're talking about for weeks because we've been trying to get on top of this review. So now we're not going to recommend this book. We're going to recommend Rebel Rising by Beth Revis. Why? Because it also has rising in the title. And we love this book and think more people should check it out.
3: This is a great book. And rise, rebels rise. To download your free audio book today, go to audibletrials.com. /4center again that's audiblechild.com/4center for your free audiobook definitely I, I mean that's one of the ones i think i just might check out again my myself um so check out rebel rising by beth Revis on us and help the podcast but uh, we're going to dive in Joseph, before we do a big bold letters on your notes spoiler warning
1: That's right, because I always forget we do not do any of those sort of a 10 minute general overview. We go we go right to the end of the book right away most times. And then right as we're starting to talk about that, we get about five minutes into the podcast. I'm like and then on the last page, when you realize the whole plot was like, oh, yeah, spoiler warning. So thank you, Ken, because even when I put it in my notes, huge. I forget to say it.
3: Yeah. uh, And look, to be fair, this book did come out uh, a little bit. A little bit ago, this is we, we we took our time with this one, as we often do. It's our four center way. We just love kind of making sure we have time to dive into the themes and connect, and 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 not just kind of rush in. Uh, we you know you you guys listening know, but there might be some lo- new listeners that have discovered us uh, recently with the Mando trailer review and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of what we do here, but we still want to say if you haven't read this book, we understand. We're going to talk about the plot.
1: That's right. That's right. So we're going to get into all the spoiling. <laughs> but mm. first, you know, let's talk about big picture because I think it really, it, it, this is something that makes this book different and I think it affects both you and I, the way we read it, the way we talk about it. Uh, all of Thrawn's adventures uh, have, in the new canon, have had a little bit of like, hey, this is this is Zahn's, uh, Timothy Zahn's playground. Uh, but that previous uh, trilogy has really brought him uh, previous trilogy brought him into contact with a lot of characters, you know, Vader, Anakin, uh, Padme, uh, Krennic, all, all sorts of connections. But this book is literally set in a different part of the galaxy to, to the point where it's it's called out on the back of the book and on the opening pages of beyond, you know, happening in a galaxy, you know, far, far away, beyond a galaxy far, far away. So does this... Feel like a Star Wars spinoff, and and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm not making a joke. Does it feel like a spin-off? And if so, how do you feel about that?
3: I, I look. I I think you're right. I I kind of considered this a Star Wars spinoff, and 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 you know what's funny? I don't. I think I noticed it on the inside of the book, but I didn't even look on the backside a long time ago. Beyond the galaxy far, far away. Yeah, I'm going to call that a spinoff. And and um, for every Frasier, there's ten Tortellis and Joey's. <laughs> And I love the show like Frasier. I'm not a huge fan of spinoffs. Uh, I like prequel series more or continuations or stories on the side, but just straight taking the characters you love or the, or, the, or the, you know, something you love and putting it way off to a different side is not something I personally gravitate towards. Um, so, you know, I carry that in and I think you and I always have to be honest with what we carry into that cave, because <laughs> <Yes>, Yoda's <laughs> telling us, don't take, don't take care what you take with you. Um, so I carry that into the, in, in, into this book with me.
1: Yeah, I, I think I carry it in a little bit and I wrestle with it. Part of me is very excited to say, oh, well, this is just unexplored territory. This is, you know, mm-hmm. I think a good thing in the publishing side a lot of I think what we're going to get in High Republic of some elbow room for the writers it's not they're not writing right up to the next movie so they have to be real careful and all that uh so I kind of like the just we can expand and explore um I think it's great if you're a big fan of Thrawn uh I've always been a little mixed on Thrawn himself although this book might have changed that for me uh and made me like Thrawn himself as a character even more so I think that makes a big difference. Uh, but I think there's also this part of it that um, it is in these, you know, unknown regions, uh, as we call them, from the perspective of the galaxy we know. Lesser space, as Thrawn mm-hmm. calls the galaxy we know. Okay. Okay. Which <laughs> does feel a little dismissive. Ah, yes, A New Hope. That movie was set in a lesser space, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, but, so, but there is this, there is this one side of it where it is not going to connect to to things we know necessarily. There's lots of expanse to play with. Uh, there's lots of the chaos to play with. Uh, but then the Unknown Regions is intriguing because it does have these connections to, ooh, will any of these characters or species that we meet end up being involved in the story of the First Order hiding out there? Uh, how If Snoke was Palpatine's puppet, but did exist as his own sentient being first, could Snoke pop up? Was there any hint for future storytelling about uh, Ezra in the Purgles and where Rebels ended? Uh, And I know this is not set in the same timeline. I'm just saying it's establishing things about that, uh, this part of the galaxy, this beyond galaxy. So I'm, I'm intrigued by things we might learn about the unknown regions. But then there's just that kind of reality of the franchise behind it that I feel like some of those big picture things are off the table. Uh, Because this does feel like it is uh, Timothy Zahn's playground in that maybe some Snoke backstory stuff, maybe, but anything connecting to Ezra, Ahsoka feels like off the table.
3: Yeah, I mean, Thrawn Alliances was originally pitched as, as um, Anakin and Thrawn searching for Ahsoka. And, and it was like, Nope, you may not touch that character. So, and, and I'm glad I want, I want, you know, not that Zahn couldn't handle that kind of stuff, but I like that there are some, some ba- boundaries and answers. Just don't start flying in from all corners of, of the galaxy. Um, one thing is, you listen as you're talking, I, I want to be clear. There are real, just not, not the facts of, of Snoke and that kind of stuff, but, this world does exist. It's not like we are now for the first time ever hearing of the unknown regions in in star Wars. And we're like, what? Um, There's great potential to explore the themes, explore what the force means outside of uh, lesser space. Uh, What the (laughs) horrors of the unknown regions might be. I do. I I'm excited for, again, I agree with you that there maybe is not going to be answer one answer two, answer three, but just like exploring that world to help fuel that part of the galaxy that I am am pulled towards all the time. Uh, So that, that, that is there. And I was pretty satisfied with some of that stuff in this book too.
1: Yeah. I think just, you know, calling it the chaos and, and it's nothing that wasn't new, but just the picture of it really did get me excited about like, yeah, there's a lot of weird horrors out there and I can't wait to see uh, the first order encounter them. And, and if uh, the purgals did jump to this area space to see uh, other encounters with that as well. Um, so with that, let's, uh, let's dive into some of the, uh, you know, just overall reaction. I think we, we've got into some of our overall reaction of it being set in its own beyond galaxy, but what was your big picture reaction to this book, Ken?
3: I, I, man. Yeah, I, I, I it's well-written. It, it does pull you in, but I'll be honest. I, every time I picked it up, I did one of these. <sighs> All right, let's do it. Uh, and I'm just being honest. I, you have to, right? We have to. Um, that was it. But once I'm in, I'm like flipping the pages and and let's see how that memory connects. And, okay, that's interesting. Oh, it wasn't that character from that boy. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and I'm there with it there. Uh, I'm there There with it there. I, I'm there with it at that point. Uh, getting into the character of Thrawn is interesting to me because I was I was a Thrawn guy uh, during, during the 90s. I loved him. I'd quote him. <laughs> I tell everyone Jack Nicholson should play him when they do episode seven in 1995, but, <laughs> you know, I was there and, and I, I'm not now I'm not I, looking back in on air of the empire. I'm not a throne guy. And him showing back in rebels was exciting. And Rook showing up was exciting. I was like, Oh cool. Where are those characters? And captain pale paleon and all that stuff in the, in the chimera. I, I was excited. I, I, I do like it. And it was like, but I was interested. I was like, what can they do now with this character? So there's still some things that I'm like, and eh, I'm not there on Thrawn, but I'm I'm curious to see what pulls you in a little bit more. Cause there were some things in there. I was like, all right, th- this is a good guy, I think. But then that created a big question for me with Thrawn down the line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm with you. I think we've both said that you know, while we really have moments of greatly enjoying Zahn's writing in general, he tends a little bit more to the science fiction side of Star Wars, and sometimes that just kind of style of storytelling and perspective uh, isn't for us. Just subjectively, it's not uh, as much of our favorite. Um, I think I like this a lot more than I was expecting because I got because there's a a little less. Uh, Thrawn cleverly, you know, tilts his ship to point three mm-hmm. angles. Th- there definitely is some of that uh, more technical stuff, which, again, it's a total subjective opinion. I know there are people who enjoy that, and I am, am happy for them. It's not a criticism; it's a my own personal reaction. But there was so much with uh the Skywalker's with the with uh, Sherry and Thalia and stuff that gets into a little bit more um the intuitive side, and there was so much. Just character interaction. I loved any scene where Thrawn and Ziara or Aralani were just Mm -hmm. together in talking and exchanging points of view. I loved the insights into Thrawn's uh character. We're gonna talk about that because I think it that's really like the thrust of what the book was about. Uh, I liked a lot of the world building once we got kind of beyond just the the chiss there's some like straightforward stuff of like, well, the politics are all, you know, stuffy connivers you know and military people are crisp and cool and efficient and there's like just some world building that we've kind of seen with the just before but you know literally going deeper by figuring out their ice homeworld is a lie and they live beneath it and uh, all sorts of really interesting world building stuff uh so i really really enjoyed all of that but then parts of the book were still difficult for me because um i think like some of the battles could get a little slow for me, uh, some of the let's doubt Thrawn or the kind of reset of something really interesting was happening with Thrawn and the characters. And then in a battle, he'd make a philosophical choice. That was really intriguing. And then for me, it would kind of reset to, and now another office scene where, (laughs) you know, a little bit of the, you know, B'Keefe going, ah, I probably, you should be in trouble. I probably shouldn't let you do that, but okay. Uh, And in general, it's a part of the charm of Thrawn being Sherlock, and he always has a different Watson around to explain it to. But the let's doubt Thrawn scene just becomes a little repetitive for me. uh, And I really and it makes me really want to get back to the parts Mm -hmm. of the book that I'm enjoying so deeply. So for me, I've got this push pull of like, I love this part of the book and this other part of the book for me subjectively uh, slows down getting to the stuff I really enjoy.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, zahn has got a, a bachelor degree in physics. You know, he's gonna analyze things a little different than me, who's got a bachelor degree and I quit to start a radio career. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can get it. And Alexander Freed's got that too. You and I talked about he, he, he the detail of the air conditioning, you the temperature in, a, in an X-wing cockpit is like I'm like, wow, I, I never thought of that ever in my life, and I like hearing about it. So there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, there's some repetitive stuff. With just Thrawn himself, we're going to dive in a little bit with Thrawn, obviously. Um, and there was just a couple moments. I, one one stands to mind. Just there was a moment. I think they're down on a planet, and there's something about the rain, or they're all wearing the hoods. And Thrawn says, "Well, oh, I did notice this yesterday." And it's like, "No, you did." Just stop it. You didn't. Just stop, it. just stop. Just stop. Uh, so- and I love that. <laughs> he's always right and there's actually a line in the book where the guy with uh, sherry going like i mean he's never been wrong and we learned of like one mistake that we, it kind of was a mistake in his path not really not really from a certain you know and that and I, I will be honest i think i like super super flawed characters but maybe that's his flaw
1: yeah i will challenge that i do think that this book does try to get deeper into his flaws and i think that's why i liked him more for that yeah. uh, but i go. agree with you on like the the I, the day-to-day details of his correctness in this book like he made you know especially in those memories it was that real question of is he going to make a mistake you know is what anyway we'll get into to him but that the of course i brought a pack of cards <laughs> yes and like of course i knew it would either rain or be sunny and either way a hood would be necessary like uh, I think that is, that's really just, you know what, uh, I'll give that as a kudos to Zahn because mm-hmm. that for me is an artist who knows what he likes and takes a swing and it works for you or it doesn't. And I think yeah. for a ton of people, they it's comforting and fun to feel like I'm going to crack open the book and my buddy uh, Thrawn, the know-it-all, is going to know it all. And I think for some people, they love it. And I think you and sometimes myself get minorly irritated of like, how the hell did you know that the third person from the left was going to get a hangnail on Tuesday? Come on. Well, I looked
3: at his MySpace posts from the past. (laughs) Yeah. Star Wars, Thrawn, um, actually is what I want the second book to be called.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But again, uh, for anybody listening who, who's really loving Thrawn, uh, I, I I actually admire it because it is a big choice and I think that ultimately makes, uh, better art and storytelling let's dive into some of the themes because it's clearly it's the gravitational pull dragging us in to talk about the big ideas for me there's a couple uh, themes we're going to talk about three and anything you want to throw in as well Ken but uh, the big one that made me really like this book more is it felt like it was just about who is Thrawn Uh, the other trilogy and his appearance on rebels and of course All all the stuff uh, in Legends all dealt with elements of this. But since this was taking us to his youngest moments, flashing back to uh, formative experiences, uh, it felt much more like this was a a, a who is Thrawn theme. Uh, So some some supporting ideas and then we'll we'll tear into it and discuss it. Uh, I think it's really great that the book never goes into his head. We never hear what Thrawn is thinking or feeling. Uh, so it's all told from other people's perspective. Uh, The most we get will be uh, somebody else seeing him uh, tighten his lips or somebody else perceiving sadness or somebody else perceiving that his posture straightens and his voice is ominous now. Uh, So we never actually get to go inside his head, which means Thrawn, for us, uh, it's just like Thrawn looking at art. We're asked to examine him from the outside and then make educated guesses as to who he is, which I think is really interesting. Um, And some of the things we explicitly learn uh, that um, are just kind of stated by other characters or things that we can just look at his actions and, like Thrawn himself, make an educated guess based on them, we do seem to see that he does care about others. He does seem to want to keep the people close to him out of trouble and keep them safe Uh, keep them safe even when he is putting them in risky positions. It seems like he does legitimately care. Uh, We know from this book and from others that he really believes in nurturing and sharing and having this sort of, um, it's the best way to have people work really well is to give them all of the information and to really be a great mentor who's like, I've opened the door and I've given you all the tools. Do you want to walk through all that? Uh, He's just he's a great manager. You'd love to work for Thrawn, right? Mm -hmm. If he's your boss at Dairy Queen, you'd love to work for Thrawn. Uh, But then we also learn pretty explicitly in this book that he sees people as assets, which is, of course, a much more chilling and cold thing that I'm willing to not only move people outside of the Chiss around like puzzle pieces. I may be willing to move even people I care about around like puzzle pieces. Uh, we learn that he cares about the ascendancy, but we don't know exactly what it, it means to him. Um, we learn a little bit more about his youth and his past, and we could just assume that, hey, he's born in the ascendancy. He grows up in the ascendancy. So he agrees with the sort of philosophy and perspective of the ascendancy. But we don't actually go that deep yet. So that, I think, is a fun question mark that's left open. If he is so busy studying other philosophies, what is he thinking about actual Chiss uh, philosophy? I mean, we know that he he does everything for the Ascendancy and will fight for it, but getting down to why is a a fun question mark. Uh, We learn that he has hope, uh, and he focuses on things that he can control. He just straight up tells... Another character that that he has hope that his plans and his observations will work out. He knows that there's a possibility that he won't. And uh, the idea that he focuses on things he can control. That's just another great. He's a good life manager of like, hey, (laughs) there are parts of working at Dairy Queen you can't control. But here are the things you can. Uh, But it also does suggest that he likes to control things. We also learned that he is possibly affected by the loss of his sister uh, to becoming a Skywalker when he was very young. I believe she was five and he was three. And the suggestion that there might be something more then. And then toward the end of the book, we get this uh, very crystal clear. It's been played with in other places. But this idea that he is, of course, good at military strategy, but for some reason he cannot adapt to political strategy. And it's suggested at the end of this book That's because there are too many variables that change too fast, which I think is a really interesting idea because for me that dives to the sort of Sherlock Holmes issue that I have of Sherlock Holmes works because the era that he's written in, he knows all the details. So like if you got tobacco from that store, there's only so many tobacco stores on that block in London. So his brilliance is because he's limited in scope. Uh, and Sherlock Holmes, I think that's why it doesn't work sometimes in modern day, because it's a much, 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 much larger expanded world. Uh, and I was interested to see that idea reflected of like, if there are ships and I can limit, in fact, which he says in this book too, if there are five ships and I know that, and I can in fact limit it. So there are fewer variables, then I can figure everything out. But this, you know, person who might have a family's a motivation might be hungry Uh, might be jealous of me, uh, might be horny for someone else in the room, and then uh, might suddenly eat and get a little happier about their day. I can't compute all those variables. Yeah. Uh, So those were some of the things that I picked out that I thought were sort of shaping of his identity. What, What were your thoughts on any of those or just this general theme of who is Thrawn?
3: No, I mean, a great breakdown on what's there. Cause you know, there's some things I see that I, I'm, I'm grab, gravitate towards just even myself. I'm, I'm kind of one of those uh, focus on what you can control and we'll deal with the rest. And uh, you know, I, I think I have a, cal- a calm demeanor at times, like Thrawn. Uh, I'm just not, uh, maybe I'm four steps behind where he's three steps ahead. Maybe that's why I, I kind of loathe him at times. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want the first thing you brought up. It, it's, it's very clear. It, it, an heir to the empire that, that, Trilogy, it's you. Kind of, it's I would describe it as the same way as uh, Paleon and a lot of the other characters are. Our viewpoint of Thrawn, right? You don't get a lot of dear journals from Thrawn. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think I like that. I think I like that. I, I like point of view characters, but I like. I think you can just learn a lot from what other people are, are, are seeing in them, while keeping the air of mystery. And I'm okay. I'm, I really think I'm okay with that. I think I want to. Maybe it's a desire to just want to know this guy. This is like the this is like the friend in your office. You're like, I, I, I like Chuck. I mean, I want to go grab a beer with Chuck. He never wants to. So I don't get to know Chuck too well. I just go, it's my perception. I, I want to know a little bit about how he's affected. I I want, does he have a mo? Do any of, of uh, the Chiss just, I mean, have regular day, you know, wake up, get a bowl of cereal, enjoy the sun? I mean, they're all so serious and dour at
1: times to me
3: so uh i kind of want thrawn just uh live a little um so i think i am maybe i um, frustrated at times because i'm rooting for him and i want to know him better in this book and all the books that every time he's on wrestling he just, a conscious de- decision to not get inside his head which again I, I do think i like it's interesting for this character works for this character
1: yeah i don't know i don't know yeah. i'll start there. Do you do you like that choice yeah ultimately i really do um I in, in I realize it's been there before, but it really popped to me because he is our character, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was in the other books as well, but in those books, I, I think it didn't pop as much to me in the previous new canon trilogy because he's always bouncing off on some level characters that we know. Or Eli Vanto is such a prospective character and and you're almost asked, you meet Thrawn as this, you know, uh, long haired, yep. <laughs> young, sexy outsider uh, And so you're almost invited to identify with Eli. But -hmm. this one is really, it's Thrawn's book, you know? Yeah. Uh, In in, At least it felt that way to me. And it felt more purposeful. It felt aligned with, let's view Thrawn as a piece of art and let's try Mm -hmm. to understand him. And it felt, I felt somehow invited uh, to break down the puzzle as a reader in a way that I didn't before. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that, he, we do see little chinks in his armor. We do see this um, kid who's brilliant but not headed for the big leagues. Just quietly doing good in uh, from a what I would assume was a not great family, and then he gets scooped up to glory. Is that puts him in a passive position uh, to begin with? Then we learn that he was affected by this loss. Mm. Uh, we see him doing things like you know in that great uh, scene where he first meets um, Thalia when she's a young Skywalker it it does seem like he doesn't have any great strategy it seems like he actually did bumble into a part of the ship that he's not supposed to be on on his first voyage Uh, and he was so kind to her in a way that made you go is he empathizing with her because he feels the same way? So there are these moments of weakness and vulnerability that made it more interesting than, um, like I love Thrawn alliances, but it got repetitive to me of like Vader wants to choke him for the entire book. And he's, he just keeps having like, ah, ha ha. But I've come up with a clever reason for you not to choke me now. Um, and that makes him a little bit more of, um, I don't know, this, this really, uh, unbeatable character. And yep. this made him vulnerable. It By the end of the book, it drove to that big failure. And it made me ask interesting questions about what he feels. And to your point, I think we do see, it, it's not really underlined, but I think we do see, I like Arlani a lot. And I like, it's, it's not super heavy, but uh, she's into a Thrawn, right? She tries to take him on a date. There's that one time where she like, she touches his arm and says, let's go somewhere private and talk about it over drinks. It does feel like other chists just are a little bit of a you know a stiff and rigid society that values you know uh etiquette and and showing how much money you have in that but we see through others and the skywalkers and you know uh cherry and thalia we see their fears and and desires and we see that they're in touch with their emotions and to me it ultimately points to this picture of thrawn being someone who is both both to his glory and both to kind of his tragedy in a certain way can't fully understand emotions, like maybe even not his own. And that the reason that art speaks to him is he can't quite understand emotions unless they're literally lines on a canvas or movements in a sculpture. And then we can physically see an emotion. He can analyze it and just all this stuff, even Mm -hmm. during parts of the book that I I was like, "Yep, come on get to the next thing. I was so engaged because I was thinking about these things.
3: Yeah. I mean, his, you know, he can analyze emotions, connect with them when they're not moving. Right. Like he's hanging on a wall. Literally. Uh, that makes sense. You know, there was a, there was a, speaking of working blue, there was a couple of points. I just was like, you know, Arlani Thron, go get it on. <laughs> Still right. Me to do this here. Uh, uh, it's like Shmi and Qui Gon and Phantom Menace. Just feel, I feel the heat. Go for it. Come on. Uh, you know, a f- few times in the book. Yeah. Um, and it. And again, yeah. I, I think you're right about the 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 chist culture overall just uh, being a little stoic. But yeah, it's 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 definitely Thrawn and uh, the, the whole thing, the political thing, which it look in the end is is to me what kind of gets him with all the Ezra stuff too, which we'll, we'll talk about. But um, yeah, all right. Yeah. No. And, I, and again, look, I, yeah, I think I really do like Thrawn as an art piece. Like it, it's. It's interesting. It's a a good choice. I I just sometimes want, I want to know. And that's a sign of me being interested in the character, despite anything I might think at times, you know, I'm interested. I want to know. I want to love him a little bit more because I want to know him.
1: Yeah. And I think maybe that is the, the fun trap of Thrawn of you can't ever quite know him because he maybe (laughs) only knows himself so much, right?
3: Yes. Yes.
1: And maybe if we went inside his head, he'd just be like, you know, 25 minutes to lunch yeah <laughs> like, yeah it, and, and he does he does care about people right he, he is empathetic to uh to thalia in that scene he he does seem to really respect arlani and you know he, he does show emotion he does uh smile he does get mad he does want things to go well for arlani he doesn't want to mess things up for her so there is emotion there it's just like that he's not entirely in touch with it and you know i i think maybe this is another great point also of just representation in star wars because i think you know there are people who think much more logically in in, in everything is tactics you know yeah. um i have a, a dear friend who who is is very emotional uh but he he's told me he's been on my podcast obsessed talking about it that he breaks social interactions down into game theory he, he's a game designer so he's like i could say this But there's this percentage chance that it will come off is awkward. However, if I do this, uh, maybe I could end the conversation. (laughs) But if I say this, the conversation will continue to go well. Right. So I think there are people who could maybe relate to Thrawn being both utterly brilliant and also a little not entirely in touch with emotion.
3: Yeah. No, again, look again, I'm Han Solo. I stumble in a room, grab a drink shoot somebody. Like you know, the, the, <laughs> my life. I've seen you do it a ver- thousand times. There's but there's there's some things here in, in the themes of Throne that I that I can identify
1: with. Okay. So, yeah. Let me ask you a couple of specific uh, uh Thrawn questions then. Um and and I haven't you said that you've got a, a chance to kind of scan some other people's reactions to this uh book. Uh, yeah. I, I unfortunately have not had the chance to do that. I was affected even when this was released this scene that I keep talking about was released as a preview of Thrawn being really empathetic to the Skywalker, which makes mm-hmm. sense now that he knows that, or assumes that his sister was taken away to be a Skywalker. But then in that same uh, passage, the uh, captain of that ship, the commander of that ship, is turns him around and, and, and tries to make it so he can't tell which side of the ship is which, but he can. There was something in that passage that felt like the tiniest hint of is Thrawn just a little bit Force-sensitive? Did, did you get that at all?
3: I uh,
1: 100% had that at times, yeah. Uh, and it's an interesting,
3: you know, how the the whole third site and how uh, just kind of like you're a Skywalker, that's your job, and then you're done. You're done. Like, you're sent away, and, like, you're exhausted. You're young. You're, you uh seems like, what, all girls in this, you know, and, and how they treat it. And so it's like, clearly, my, my thought is like, well, clearly some, some boys have to have this, and... No, and that's where some of the stuff is interesting. I I got to tell you, yeah, that's that specific scene, and some stuff later on, and even some stuff in, in the other throne canon stuff. Where I'm like, I think he's I think he's uh, he's got he's got some feelings. He just yeah. doesn't know. how to Say, I got a feeling like Finn, who's my kind of guy. You're like, I don't know, I got a feeling. He's just kind of like, what do I label that feeling?
1: Yeah, and how much of his. Like, I don't think he is purposefully reaching into the third site, uh, you know, and I love that story, that perspective of chess culture that uh, once kids get too old to be imaginative, they assume that that ability to tap into the force goes away. And and my headcanon is just like, that's no, it's because the chess society is too uptight to go like, Mm -hmm. but you could still open yourself to that. So I don't think he's actually like tapping into the force to know, like, in three days, I will need a deck of cards. (laughs) You know, I think he's, you know, uh, Puzzling that out, but there is this level his analysis of art suggests to me that there is possibly this level of intuition of maybe it is about that sort of a way he perceives emotions, but maybe it is just like there's something slightly guiding him, which I think is a really interesting idea to explore and I'm curious to see if they do in future books
3: I would like that I would like that because I've always loved the art that that's the art thing's been present since air the Empire and it, it's always interesting to me uh it it's but to, Again, not that I want him just to be He's fueled by the force I, 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 don't, I don't, and that's not what you're suggesting either But just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, have it a little bit more Have it mean something a little bit more than he's just like, yeah, I studied this Wikipedia page On this and now I know Now I know But but again, the other thing, because what, what are you and I talking about this book Thrawn is an art piece And we're open to interpret a little different Or connect with it a little different And so Thrawn's connecting with art pieces in the way he sees fit So uh, his insight being fueled by something makes sense
1: Yeah, yeah uh, the other thing that I was really interested in is learning that it is the patriarch of the myth family who brought him in. And I felt like that that speech from the patriarch asking uh, Thalia uh, mm-hmm. to it is Thalia, right? Yes. I wrote um, it down. Yes. Having a hard time remembering the names of even of the characters I like. Um, cause I like Thalia a lot uh, that r- I, I felt like really set him up as an Anakin like chosen one of Oh, yeah. He is the one who is going to bring great glory or great defeat to the Chiss ascendancy. Did you like that? And do you have a feeling of we haven't seen the end of that story yet? Or do you feel like you know the moment where he brought great glory or great defeat?
3: I I had, I had a confused reaction to it. I I, I kind of liked, I liked all the stuff with, with uh, her and, and the trials and, and all that kind of stuff, which seems to me just a bunch of written tests and some of those logic problems uh, that would uh, throw me on a on a exam. Uh, she, The Patriarch stuff is interesting. I had a reaction when it, when he kind of was like, I picked him to be great. I was like, of course you did. <laughs> uh, God bless it. Everyone's. I'd be the guy in the corner like, hey, why are we written the game? But where that goes and to know that there's this bigger picture for Thrawn as a character within this series of novels that we're going to get, that this is we're, we're inside the Chiss Ascendancy and what they feel and what he does. And, and, I, and I like that there's, there's some people maybe representing part of my brain going, I'm going to bring him down. Not that I'm rooting against <laughs> him. Not. Um, so, I, yeah, I did like that. It, it, it's a little bit more myth-like. Not myth, the family, but myth. <laughs> maybe that's the point. Maybe that's why he's a myth. He's myth run.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought it was interesting because I think that comparison to Anakin is right there. But then there's also just really practical reasons that based on his actions, he he could, he takes risks. So that is, uh, by definition, can bring great glory or great defeat. Um, I sense that you have some thoughts about how this all lines up with the Thrawn that we know once he's a mesh in the Empire. Did you want to go into that now? Or did you want to talk about that later?
3: We can I can happily do it now, sir, or wherever you feel fit. Um, but I don't dislike it, but I, I couple times I get it. No, actually I take it back. I like it. Um I don't think this thrawn is the same thrawn, not in like a it's a different character, but like he's gone through some changes and there's something and the thrawn that there's that, that is presented here at times, I'm like, other than Doing it for the Chiss Ascendancy, which is part of the reason I think I interpreted he's stuck with the Empire, right? And and Palpatine gives him these choices, and we've seen him deal with that. Um, There's part of me that's like, the Thrawn back in the day, I don't think he'd sit by and just, he seems like a good guy. And Thrawn's a villain to me in Rebels. He does villain things, whether I like his art collection or not, or whether I like that he was in a novel series that I read in high school. I still see him as a bad guy and he ends up as a bad guy uh, to me. And, and so there's some things where I'm like, you know, I, I can get the duality, uh, but I'm like, is there something that changed him Is there something? And this asset thing is interesting to me kind of fuels that it kind of flows into that idea of he does care about others and he, and he does nurture and, 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 and he thinks he's maybe a bad boss, but no, they actually like working for him. And, but he just also still has that, that emotion, that barriers up where, you know, so that he'd be walking around the empire, seeing Tarkin town and a lot of those places and, and being like, yes, we, we, they're, they're pieces to be moved. So it does make sense. So I did like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think I wrestled the same thing too, because I was empathizing with him so much. I think getting that sense of maybe he had just absolute trauma when he was a young child and lost his sister. And then, you know, whatever was going on with him, uh, when he got scooped up, I, I had empathy for him and he his big mistake, as it turned out, uh, was it wasn't like he had super empathy specifically for the guy uh, one, mm-hmm. but uh, Garwean, uh, the Garwean. But he had that. I didn't do it for their gratitude. I didn't mm-hmm. do it for the gratitude of the Chiss. I did it because uh, the Leo are pirates and they will keep doing it to people. So yeah. there is that, like, however you slice it, however he tries to describe it, there's still that that he does have that structure of right and wrong of like, well, people mm-hmm. should be able to go about their business doing what they want to do, and they shouldn't be raided by pirates. And it, in yeah. it, and that gets him in trouble. So I, I wonder if that is that that the story of him as he grows and grows and grows, and he goes into the empire to check him out and ends up sort of ensconced with them and trying to play you know both sides and stay in the uh in palpatine's good graces stay in vader's decent graces and then see what you know ultimately can be done for the chiss ascendancy he pretty clearly has the chiss as his motivation if by the time we meet him in rebels he's just like i've really i've put any emotions i have in a box and i know what i need to do for the chiss i've decided to care about them and. Everybody else is an asset. I have no empathy for Twi'Lex or for Hera. I'll, I'll steal your you know treasured items because you're a you're a chess piece to move around
3: and see that's it see and then I, I'm interested in the slow slide of that character in the lessons that can be learned from it if that's the dis- direction this goes not I'm not talking about specific plot points but just spiritually thematically that idea of how does he lose himself going back to when he was a kid. And then and maybe it's always not, not a con- just a comment on Thrawn, but on the chest ascendancy and how they go about doing some things. And uh, at three, he loses his sister really doesn't know. Now, you know, he has a, is a clue. And the fact that his sister, we believe is, you know, it, it, we'll see, maybe this comes up, but it, it, she's not dead. She just kind of kind of retires and they don't want anything to do with anybody anymore. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the rough, I say that in general terms. And the fact that she might be out there, there's there's a lot of stuff there that, if I if I'm gonna watch a case study of this this character choose to harden his heart over the course of time, I'm interested in that. Um, yeah, if that happens, because because yeah. several times I was like, again, he's not just hanging around the empire. He takes great rank, rises, does things. Uh, the 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 tie the tie defender program, like he's causing problems for people in the galaxy. And I'm like, yeah. Who's that guy compared to this guy?
1: And we know that he has the skill to try to see things from the rebels perspective, but he appears to have no empathy. And if he does, he, he buries it and does what he has to do in the name of the empire. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful stuff. You mentioned uh, just kind of what is his philosophy from the Chiss. And this was one of the other big themes that I want to discuss, discuss is this theme that, that pops up in star Wars, a lot of action versus inaction. Uh, so just to run down a couple bullet points of this, so just have this policy of non-intervention, which is really interesting. I love the way it's set up at the beginning of the book that they have this big space cleared out in the chaos and they're surrounded on all sides. But they have their empire and they they push a little to explore or trade or whatever. But they're just like, this is ours. Don't come in here. Uh, <laughs> and they really explicitly throughout the book. Right. It's a it's a big plot point that. The Chiss only attack if they are attacked. That is philosophy. That is military order. And then, uh, as we're discussing, Thrawn's big failure is kind of breaking that. He makes the choice to intervene in this small, well-intentioned way. Save the Garwinians from the Lioe pirates. uh, But ultimately, his, what I think is well-intentioned intervention, ends up kicking off this large conflict between that Laoe and garweans <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, and he reflects on that is that it, i do make mistakes that is my big mistake i thought i was doing a small thing but when i intervened oh this is why we don't do it i set off this chain reaction and a bunch of people got murdered um and i'm really interested in that just by itself but because it has such rhythm with other ideas in star wars this idea of Fighting only in defense mirrors the ideal goals of the Jedi, and it is exactly the kind of philosophy that so many of our favorite uh, fallen Jedi masters wrestle with. You know, in isolation, it's, this is what Yoda wrestles with. This is what Luke wrestles with, right? Of exactly when are you going to do the better good by seeing a problem and getting in there, like Ahsoka's philosophy of like I come across somebody who needs help, I help them versus when are you going to make things worse by going in there and, and swinging your laser sword to help somebody? Mm. So w- mm. were you affected by that? What are your thoughts on that idea of action versus inaction in this book?
3: Yeah. I mean, cause it's like, it's a slogan for the chess, right? Like, you know, don't bother us. We will not bother you. Like, and I get it. So it, it's so aligned with the Jedi, but it, I always, I wonder if because the chess are too rigid in the, in the approach that they, this is where some of the problems, you know, with, with my problems with the philosophy might be of just like, if Thrawn had got help from the Chiss overall, and in, in that specific action, does does it go a different way? If he's not the one who's being a rebel by going to help some people in need, uh, and instead the, the entire uh, fleet is behind him, so to speak, does it go different? So, so at the end of the day, I, I'd say his philosophy um, is. Is better than just the chis kind of static, nope, every day's the same. Every day's the same, and we don't do that because there might be this. Yes, there might be a bigger risk, but you still need to help folks. So uh and that's again that going to the Jedi and gone and, and it's how you do it is is part of the, the fall of the Jedi, I would argue, right? Like um we're gonna be talking about that on Clone Wars Report this week, I'm sure too. Just like so yeah, um it's just Almost have it right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I it's one of those uh, th- uh, themes that I love to see pop up because it is very similar to the Jedi, but obviously a different perspective. It is much more uh, military, and it is it gets into the Chiss's yeah. idea that they that uh, Arlani and, and Thrawn explicitly discuss of like we see other people outside of Chiss as trading partners or maybe useful allies or enemies. It's weird to see them as people, and they have that great scene. Uh, in the, you know, trading goods where you can make custom things and they, they get the, uh, you know, basically they talk to like a Renfest lady <laughs> making yep. leather suits, basically, but in space. I'm like, wow, it, yeah. that's a person. Uh, yeah. So I really like that story from the chis perspective that it is coming from this slightly colder, slightly, mm, we don't care about other people, we care about ourselves. But it yeah. mirrors the Jedi. But it's still, I think for both you and I, it, it sounds like it's having the same reaction of like, yeah but you know you if you have power you have a responsibility to to be responsive with it like it's one thing mm-hmm. for thrawn to go out there and like i haven't i haven't kicked anyone's ass in a while yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean, i'm gonna go find someone but like he's he's going off of evidence right he's going like oh i see what they're doing the uh the nickardoon Yiv the benevolent is he's encircling us so i should be proactive about that uh that I, I I find myself really agreeing with Thrawn and, you know, honestly seeing like Thrawn and Qui-Gon having to sit down and going like, yeah, but no, but if you obviously know something's a problem, you should do something about it, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. In, in, yeah. And, you know, not with revenge, vengeance and, and anger, um, but uh out of compassion and empathy. Yeah, and, and Thrawn really does flash that a lot, a lot.
1: Yeah. Thrawn Flashes Empathy. If that would have been the title, I wonder. Yeah. uh <laughs> If we've been tearing through this book even faster. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is just uh, the, what is family? Uh, obviously, it's explicit. Uh, the whole structure of the Chess families uh, and the nine ruling families. Hey, we got that whole uh, uh, dramatis personae stuff in the beginning to help us uh, flip back to all the time. Uh, I love the idea that family is not just blood, that you add people like a football draft. Yes. Uh, And there's a lot about the Skywalker's relationship with their momish. And then this other even this other idea of family from uh, the VAC that they see all individuals as holders of thought lines and therefore equally valuable. And that becomes such a plot point of like, well, uh, if one VAC dies, we lose those thought lines. And our response is to go into full rage mode is a kind of global perspective of family. Uh, did you have uh, thoughts on, on family from reading the book? Uh,
3: I was surprised, and, and i I got to tell you, I read the the Dramatis Persona in the beginning and then uh, never went back to it. If I was confused, I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Um, I was surprised, and again, I know a lot of this is from Legends. Uh, I did not read Legends after about 94, 95. Did not read Outbound Flight uh, any of that stuff. I know a lot of the characters, a lot of the concepts were introduced in there. Um, so this is some stuff was new to me and I was surprised by the, uh, trading, so to speak of, of players, uh, recruiting. Hey, you want to leave that family? We got a deal over here. Got a good signing bonus. Want to come over here? So, uh, I think I liked that. I think I liked that. it's different, you know, initially, especially when I saw like the nine ruling families. Again, I'm, i was aware of that before and where it, it, it existed. I don't know. You mind for me, my mind goes to a game of Thrones type of world and houses and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and I guess marriage arranged marriages are kind of a, a trading of players, I guess, you know, to speak, mm-hmm. in Westeros. Um, but there, but it isn't like uh Tyrion you want to, uh, do you like the Tarleys? Do you like the, <laughs> like the Southwest uh, this time of year? Why don't you come join? So I was interested in, and in, in that, I think I, liked that Thrawn was plucked from a lesser family or a lesser situation uh, and that there was a chance for just kind of, even though it's a family structure, there's a chance for growth, a chance for earning uh, your next level, so to speak, like a video game. It was it was different for me and I liked it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the different perspectives. Uh, I liked seeing that contrast with the uh, VAC. I liked seeing um, the Skywalkers, uh, a lot of them having the, the cold momish <laughs> uh and that made that inter the relationship between sherry and uh Thalia, uh really yeah. interesting but i think i really just like the picture of what it means for the chiss of like it, it obviously the, we do see just care about each other um mm-hmm. and have fam- you know blood relationships and you know uh, slight hint at dating relationships uh, but i feel like you know trading family members uh and valuing people for their skills mm-hmm. uh, and, and like some of the way the Skywalkers are treated of like, ooh, they're valuable because they have prestige um, that it, that just culture trains people to look at, uh, trains their own people to look at people as assets, even though they have a higher opinion of themselves. That how could you not start to look at people as assets if that's the way your culture is structured?
3: 100%. Ari is the one that I'm like, uh, I definitely want more of her perspective and stories. She seems to be the one more fully formed,
1: you know. Yeah, no, and I really like that her reminding herself like, "Uh, oh, I'm free of family politics. No family, no family."
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, cuz she yeah, the the yeah, the, the when you get promoted, you get you get kind of timed out, I guess so to speak. Um yeah, but also you'd talk about the relationship with the with the the, the momish, uh, which not a term I enjoyed it when it popped up <laughs> every time. Um uh, the yeah I, I like that that this this was the one relationship that seemed to have an actual connection and then yeah to your to your point yeah it seems like this is
1: a chiss issue just <laughs> <Not a thaw laughs> chis issue, issue. Chis yes issue a tissue uh yeah and then even with uh, arleani i like that uh she she's out of that family but uh, it seems like mckeeve is kind of a dad and mm-hmm. uh Thrawn is a sort of boyfriend, pal, just uh, yeah. uh, with benefits. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what's going on there exactly, but I like the mystery. Uh, any other big theme stuff that you want to discuss before we move on from big themes?
3: No, nah, I mean, I, I really, we covered, uh, covered all of them there and spent, a, I spent a lot of time just kind of trying to figure out Thrawn, which is what everyone else is trying to do too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Thrawn as an art piece. Very enjoyable. So, uh, were there specific moments that popped out to you that you particularly enjoyed? I
3: I did enjoy... I think any time we, we kind of were learning about the the Skywalkers and, and the use of the Force and what the Force meant, and even going into uh, the Pathfinders and the Void Guides and all that kind of stuff, that is where I do think this does connect to Star Wars proper, so to speak. I don't mean as, a, as an insult to these stories, but just... Um, if you're going to call it lesser space, I'm going to call it proper. Um, but no, I'm interested in that. I want more of that. I, because I am fascinated by the force, I guess, but I am focused on the star Wars galaxy. I know, but I also know that if I'm going to dive into the story, there are these other worlds, galaxies and planets outside of what I know they exist. The force goes beyond what I know. So how do people react to it? I'm, I'm infinitely fascinated by that. I do want more of that. And those are some of my favorite moments. Thrawn stuff. We, uh, you know, along the way, there's some, some, some great fights. Uh, uh, correct me if I, there's, there's no star fighters in this, right?
1: <laughs> the Chiss just, just can't afford X-Wings. I think they just must not use them. Right. Because yeah, there isn't anything. There's, every okay. once in a while I was a little confused about it. Like I was clear on the big ships, uh, their mm-hmm. relationship to each other, um, but I was sometimes yeah. like, okay, well, how, what size is the ship that Thrawn is on right now? Uh, and that might yeah. have been just for me reading fast and wanting to get more into the mystery of Thrawn and the size of the ship. But yeah, but it didn't yeah. seem like they had X-Wing type things. That's not their philosophy.
3: Which, uh, which yeah, so I kept, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah no, at no point is Thrawn saying launch the fighters or Arlani saying launch the fighters. Uh, so I like and, and Zahn loves his dreadnoughts. We know that he loves he loves. Give me a good dreadnought every day, any day. Um, yeah, load the
1: acid spheres.
3: Yes, it's so the idea that that Thrawn would later on be like, I kind of like these tight offenders. This is new. <laughs> I, I don't know something like that. I like too.
1: That might really be building to something philosophical. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so much Thrawn stuff that, that I, I, it's absolutely some details here and there that I might not be remembering. But that is really interesting. If the general chess philosophy is, you know. They move in these big families. They move in these big ships. And -hmm. then here Thrawn comes to advise the Empire. And and the Emperor's like, I'm going to make a big death ball. It's going to be one and done. And Mm. Thrawn's like, yeah, I've seen that. And it's great. But, you know, I mean, that is kind of his argument for the defenders, right? Of like that, you know, if you lose one, it is a loss. But it's not that big of a loss. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Interesting.
3: Yeah, I'd love to dive more into that. So I liked I liked uh, I did like a lot of the of the fights. Because I'll tell you what, this was I I I, I am uh, yeah, I, I, I think some of the battles in this one were a little less detailed than previous ones that has written and I and I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. A yeah. It's to um, my love.
3: I know that's not to everybody. It's to mine.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree. Um just a couple for me moments I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed uh it feels like Arlani trying to ask Thrawn out on a date and then they look at an art museum and then go to <laughs> have a fight in a dojo. And, uh, I thought, I thought that was great. It, it was really humanizing for both of them. And that one of those first moments in the book where we did see Thrawn be both like cool, unstoppable guy and be fallible. And then I really liked that it did pay off of like, well, oh, when you were making faster intuitive decisions, I couldn't see, I couldn't predict it. So you got to hit it, you know, and, and that ends up being, Uh, this epiphany about the way he sees politics later on. So I really like that. Um, I love the whole scene of uh, Thalia seeing the Chiss's underground compound and seeing just the richness of that. I love the whole idea of the, they pretending to have a functioning city, but they don't and everybody lives underground and it's still incredibly opulent. And you, you know, that, that to me was getting into a little bit more of the space fantasy star Wars of like uh, your trial is to climb an underground mountain (laughs) <laughs> where a sort of mysterious mentor patriarch will give you wisdom in a trial. You know, I like that a lot.
3: Yeah, no, there, that is some, some grade a world building stuff that I did enjoy. And, and I like, and I and to be clear, I like, I don't know, the Zephyr or, the, you know, some of the stuff in Fallen Order where are like, all right, cool. What else is here? Let me learn about what came before. I I am excited about that stuff. That's some of the stuff they even touched one in the Afro comics and stuff. And I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh for me, the final thing I liked is in the battle, I did like the move where he ejected one shuttle as a distraction and then blasted a shuttle into the other ship. <laughs> that was like nice and direct. I always like a scene in an action movie where a character uh, runs out of uh, bullets or ammo and then throws the gun <laughs> at people and that he didn't run out of ammo. But it felt like the you're not expecting this. I'll just shoot a shuttle into your face. Um, And I did enjoy the battles. I thought the actual battles were less technical. I think what I mean is the sort of sometimes I was in the battle and I wasn't connected to the characters. I didn't quite know the stakes. So I was like, let's get through the battle so I know why the battle mattered. And Thrawn will tell you. (laughs) If he has a Watson to ask, yes, he will. Uh, I think we already talked about things that we questioned or wrestled with. But did you have Mm -hmm. anything you wanted to add to that part of the discussion?
3: Nah, I, you know, I I don't want to be overly negative. It's not what we try to sell here at Force Center, but we also have always sold that Star Wars is a salad bar and you can eat what you want. This These are not the croutons I'm going to put on my salad most of the time, uh, but I always am going to look for the things in it that I enjoy and then connect with. And there's the Force stuff, learn a little bit more about that, and just that answer of what is in the unknown regions that so frightened everyone, including the Emperor, knowing that I just can't run through there. I need some help, um, but there's stuff out there I'm drawn to. All that's all that's interesting, and yeah, Thrawn is a character. I want those layers. That's just me. We make the jokes about him being perfect and around all the time. So I, I did. I did wrestle with it many times. There was there was a many times. I didn't write them down, but many times. Just like <laughs> you know, you didn't Thrawn. You did not. No, no, you didn't. You didn't <laughs> check. Who would take that time to check? And again, I know because it's not me. Because I stamp into. Uh, every every antique shop like a hippo like I I get it like so uh, that's just some of the stuff I wrestled with along the way.
1: I understand, I understand. And when we're off air, uh, I'll ask you about. I think you must have had some traumatic experience with know-it-alls in your life. It's yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll just paint that uh, like Thrawn. That will be the mystery of, of Ken for the broadcast. There yeah. you go. What experiences shaped go. him? Uh, yeah, just to put a final note on my own, things that I wrestled with, because they aren't criticisms, uh, it's taste. I think uh, I think Zahn is a fantastic writer, and he has uh, yeah. lo- a great love and following, and he brought many people into Star Wars fandom because of Heir to the Empire, and people love what he does, and I think that's great. Uh, I think for me, I've been thinking a lot lot about this in story structure for different things I like, that I think sometimes for me, the answer is more interesting than the clues. Mm -hmm. And I gravitate towards stories that lay out the stakes relatively early so that I can really get into a character's head and see what they're wrestling with and ask myself, what would I do? Or, oh, yeah, I see you're trapped in the middle. And I think, that's where I get annoyed is like I was just saying when I'm in chapters where somebody's saying Thrawn don't do that and he's doing a battle and he's doing a thing and I know that there are stakes but I don't know the emotional answer of why it matters until all of that is through and as soon as I get that I'm totally engaged and love it and I think there's just it's just a stylistic thing um, where I think I'm more interested in the answers than the clues because I'm not a puzzle solver. I don't like trying to get ahead of Thrawn. I'm just like, tell me the answer so I can <laughs> enjoy what that answer means thematically and to you as a character and to me as a reader.
3: I may have said this before in the other reviews, but this is similar in the other Thrawn canon novels, but this one, because it's all him most of the time. I just, especially if you're short on time, you're trying to read kind of quickly, there are times, I don't I don't skip ahead. I didn't skip one word. I mean, I probably didn't digest every word, but I didn't skip one word. But there's a lot of times in the back of my head, I'm like, it just, it, you'll get explained everything at the end of the chapter. Thrawn's going to tell you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and just, and that's, I guess that's when you hang around Thron. that's what's going to happen. <laughs> not, it's like What's happening? Some ships and plasmas hitting the ships. Okay. Thrawn will explain it. And, and, and that's just, and so again, that's not to say Zahn is bad at writing. He's not, he's not, he's got a long career. There's a reason he's popular. You know, this isn't, like you said, a criticism. It's a taste thing, but, but I do find myself. Uh, in agreement with you there a lot of times I'm just like eh, we'll get to it Thrawn
1: will yeah. explain it yeah I, enjoy, I really enjoyed that last battle because I knew everything that was at stake emotionally and then I didn't mind yeah. not knowing what clever move Thrawn was going to make and that was a fun surprise I'm, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to ram your ship with mine and then just hop on board uh, it was great a great surprise because I knew what was going on emotionally so that's the thing that I wrestled with a lot of examination of who Thrawn is and the mysteries of ourselves as pieces of art as well. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be back to talk some of the other fun details of Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising.
2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage
4: for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.
1: And we are back to finish our discussion of Thrawn, Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. I had to think for a second to make sure I got all four of those words in the right order. Chaos, Thrawn, Ascendancy, Resistance, what? Anyway, we're going to discuss this book. Uh, Ken, we always like to discuss kind of connections to other moments of canon in Star Wars. Uh, And since this is uh, set uh, beyond a galaxy far, far away, there aren't as many, but there definitely are some. Uh, We saw from this different point of view, from Thrawn and Sherry's point of view, a a scene that we know from the book Thrawn Alliances, where uh, they encounter Anakin Skywalker. How did you feel about seeing a different point of view of another book inside this book? Well, this was kind of like, if we're talking
3: spinoffs, this is like when Lilith would visit Prager (laughs) up in Seattle. (laughs) Uh, I liked it. Um, I did like it. It was fun. It was fun. It was a little morsel, uh, and and just kind of knowing that uh, their view of Anakin, the reaction to Skywalker name, all that kind of stuff, but also that that Sherry was or Cherry or whatever you want to say is uh, was there all along. Fun reveal that caused me and I believe you to like have to almost pick up Throne Alliances again and go. Wait a minute, did I miss that <laughs> Skywalker, with, that girl was with him the whole time. And there's a what did you say? A, there's a passing reference to uh, his co- comrade.
1: Yeah, his comrade takes an action. that I looked it up on Wikipedia. Uh, you know, she, we know that he has an assistant in a ship somewhere who, you know, yeah. does a, a part of his, uh, lays out a part of his plan or, you know, uh, helps out a part of his plan. But she's not named or even hinted at. And then we meet her in this book. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Smart. I think I liked it because, you know, I was engaged right away when I just flipped through, uh, which I love in the front of the book, of the chronology of all the books Mm -hmm. um, from this range and seeing that, oh, this happens during the Clone Wars. Cool. Great. I wonder if that's going to factor in at all. And then as I was going along, I was like, oh, yeah, when in this trilogy then is Thrawn going to pop over uh, to Batuu for an adventure with Anakin? So in a way, I was kind of, it was nice to just get that wondering of when is that going to happen out of the way. Uh, so I enjoyed it from that perspective. I That conversation is really fun. I think it's some great writing of Clone Wars era Anakin, so it was just fun to see again, uh, and it's fun to see <laughs> with the addition of uh, Sherry the Skywalker laughing at him.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A uh, moment of bonding uh, for Thrawn and uh, Sherry. Uh, but I, it did occur to me, do you think that there's anybody who would be reading this book who hasn't read Thrawn alliances and would go holy crap Anakin Skywalker and then he just goes away and there's there's nothing to it
3: i think so i think i no look just uh, based a lot of times on the questions we get from folks who you know don't have the time or maybe the desire to read every one of the star wars books how many how many times do we get hey where where should i start and and maybe right now you're like oh i remember that guy from the early 90s let me pick up this book i absolutely think that's happened
1: Yeah. So in a way, I guess it just functions as a good commercial for Thrawn Alliances. Like, you know, if this was a comic book back in the day, there'd be a little editor's note going, see, Thrawn Alliances.
3: Exactly. Uh,
1: Yeah, so it's fun. Uh, I like that Thrawn just directly says Skywalker's not that uncommon of a name in lesser space. Mm -hmm. Is this? Timothy's on going, look, it's not a big deal that they didn't change Luke's last name. There are plenty of Skywalkers over there oh
3: uh, yeah okay I, yeah yeah um yeah i i i would it would be weird if it, that fell on zon or he he had <laughs> the right to say that right um but yeah I, i'll take that as that too uh, and but it, it, to me i guess I, I i immediately when i read that was just like oh great is does, does this mean ted skywalkers you know <laughs> the grandfather Schmee had or so you know we're gonna get more stories uh and i wouldn't mind and i don't mind that i, I don't want you know, if if in High Republic they turn a corner and someone's like, hi, I'm Ted Skywalker, I'm not going to be like, oh, unbelievable. Um, I, I probably would like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think a little bit of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you don't mind that uh, that idea that Skywalker mm-hmm. is eh, it's not that weird of a name to encounter over there. Nah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we talked about it during Thrawn Alliances, but how are you, now that we're spending so much time with it, we're reading the word Skywalker in this different context, meaning these young navigators uh, who use uh, the third sight, the Force, um, to navigate through the chaos. We were introduced uh, to that in previous Thrawn books, but we spent so much time with it. How are you feeling about that connection? Is it reading weirding you out to read Skywalker again and again? No, you know what, it
3: was, when it was revealed, and I liked the reveal in the other ones... I had the thought of does this Ted Skywalker, is he Chiss or does he lived out there? And you know, that there, there's some kind of bigger connection in that way. And to know that maybe that's not so much the case as it is just a really big coincidence, as they say a few times in this book, right? Uh, that it just uh, allowed me to not get hung up on the Skywalker term here in the Throne book and just take it for what it is, a, a walker of the sky, uh, a, a duty uh, with the Chiss Ascendancy, just like a Pathfinder or a Void Guide. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that, uh, again, common name and, and don't worry about it, just uh, engage with what's presented here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I just continue to like it because I think it is a good marriage of the sort of mythic side of Star Wars with uh Zahn and Thrawn's interest in culture shaping people and like that these this is you know a job to them but it's a name to these other people so is there some ancient connection uh, yep. my last name scrimshaw is uh, what allegedly gave name to the art form scrimshaw because it was scrimshaw English scrimshaws on whaling boats bored out of their mind that took some whale bone no. <laughs> And and scratched out little pictures, you know. So there is, you know, that's just one example. Obviously, many people's names originated from, you know, what they did. So there's, I really really like it. I'm really intrigued by it. It can go lots of different ways. So I was happy to spend more time with it. Uh, we get a mention that there was some chiss participation in some way in the Sith and Republic War, which I'm very very excited to read uh, read about that in this book, and and wonder if that's just ongoing. Like, hey if you ever get around to really telling the full story of that big Sith Jedi war that gave rise to the Republic, we know, I, I got, I got a couple of my blue chest friends running around in there. Uh,
3: yeah. Uh, yeah. job security. Right. Uh, I, but I like it. it number one it does kind of make sense. And look, we got, we're, we're the Sith right now. We're the Sith extremists. Uh, you know, they're out there in Exocul and there's a lot out there and they're, and it's not, I know it's not the same era, but like, so Sith or the beliefs of the Sith, the dark side definitely goes to different different spots. The Sith in, in, in a quest for power, I, I would go outside their boundaries. So it does make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I like that connection. And I I'm anxious at some point for the big glowing eyes of Star Wars, the franchise, to turn to telling that story. Uh mm-hmm. I know sometimes people will talk about the old republic in general, but specifically that Sith Jedi War that gave rise to the Republic that we know I think it's just ripe for good Star Wars storytelling. So I hope to see that in some form or fashion. And now it's fun to know that there can be a chess running around a chess or two having opinions about that. Uh, last thing was uh, spending time with this, uh, this uh, guild of uh, navigators mm-hmm. and void guides and uh, you know, hearing uh, Kyloori, mm-hmm. uh call the force what the great presence and uh, I know other Thrawn books have have dealt with um, uh, specifically with Snoke's uh, attendants, right? Who are the navigators? But were you picturing more connection there between uh, with the attendants and Void guides and Snoke? Was that exciting to you?
3: Yeah, look, that's something I would want. You want you want some connections, and not that I need Snoke answers, but just having them or having little more of that world factor into the story. Again, I'm intrigued when Palpatine in in a lot of the novels was like, I sent something out there, darkness, something's calling me, you know, that comes up a lot. So just tying it in. I was hoping that would, that kind of reveal there was a, there's a, a, you know, jumping to the very end of this novel, there's a, a voice that comes across and I was like, Oh, please be Sheev or Bob Snoke, please. Right. Please. I want that. And it could be in some way, you know, da, 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 da. but, um, so yes, void guides or something similar. Yeah. Connect them.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we, we get the name Jixtus at the end because that end is set up of like, Oh, here's the the people who are maybe, uh, behind you the benevolent and the Nicker uh, which sounds like a great British cookie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, it, we get this build up in that it's, Jictus. so you know it, that it could just be an app a new character i kind of think that's what it is but it could also be yeah my name is Jixtus snoke
3: <laughs> well yeah no i i yeah i had that uh had that thought um and and, 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 and yeah new character i i think i had a similar feeling in uh it's an aftermath before gallius Rax is introduced I wanted that to be something else. I don't even know what it was. And this is also early on in reading the Star Wars books back in like 2015 range. Right. Um, I wanted it to be something else. And then it's like, who's Gallius Rax? And then you find out. And I like, I like the story of Rax, and I like what he brings to the story. So I'm always open to someone brand new. I don't need to pull the curtain back and have it be someone I'm so super familiar with, despite my desire to spend time in familiar eras and territories for me as a Star Wars fan. But, but, it could lead to something bigger, but it am just might just might 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 be part of the uh, the three arcs here going on. You got to get Got to have an arc in three novels.
1: That's right. That's right. And he's, I, I kind of did like that. There was this completion because I was like, oh, is Yiv the Benevolent the big bad of this whole uh, trilogy of books? And I liked it. No, he's <laughs> yeah. he was the introduction. And and now we're on to Jyxtus. Yeah. Um great tension throughout the book and obviously our interview and our feelings about it or our discussion rather we're interviewing each other Mm -hmm. uh in interviewing Thrawn he doesn't answer um there's such great tension between the new and the old that desire to be like yeah this is fun we're in a new playground and also ooh, is that Snoke and I I surprised myself by craving the old and the familiar Uh, it it, and maybe it's that maybe it's not because it's old and familiar like I fully accept that the story of Snoke is that big picture. He is Palpatine's puppet, but I'm still really interested to see, was he an existing being that Palpatine manipulated and cloned? Did he not exist until, you know, uh, five minutes after, uh, after uh, Ben Solo was born? And he's like, ah, Snoke, you know, Uh, I'm really, I don't care what version of puppet Snoke is. He's still Mm -hmm. interesting to me. Because he still clearly did, even if he was just Palpatine's puppet, uh, move around the uh, unknown regions, the chaos, and do some dark side business.
3: Yeah, there's always just been some really intriguing stuff about what's out there. And we don't get a lot of answers. And Thrawn knows that's part of the value Palpatine sees in him. Yeah. And again, I, I, you know me. I'm like you. I don't, I don't necessarily. I'm not worried about what the answers are. I just would love to know the why and, and, and have fun with that. And, and I'm, I, maybe, hopefully. Hopefully. I hope maybe that can happen.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, I look forward to uh, Jixtus Rising being the second <laughs> book in this <laughs> trilogy. Any other canon things? Uh, no, I'm trying to think. I, uh,
3: no, just a lot of cool ship classes. And again, look, if you're a Legends fan and an EU fan, and, and you're right, Thrawn's writings really stoked the flames of Star Wars in the early 90s and kept the flame burning, and, and I'll never, never, never disagree with that thought. So if you're that fan and you're like you always click on the legends tab on wikipedia congratulations you just got a big victory a lot of things names planets events are now in the cannons tab
1: yeah that's awesome that's great Uh let's talk any little fun details that uh, we enjoy do you have any fun details uh Thrawn
3: has f- a ton of fun details. <laughs>
1: okay, I'll
3: tell you that much he's got all the details Uh I did enjoy Nah, nothing specific i um I I just I do I do enjoy uh just throwing just, I don't know the the way he figures out the stuff it is kind of fun I I take some shots but uh you know it's like oh wow that's pretty pretty fascinating stuff you, you're always right but um, there's that but I, I did enjoy more than anything I did enjoy the Skywalker stuff and enjoyed uh, a little bit more of the family histories and the little fun details there and that that I
1: liked nice do you like the specific artwork because that's not anything usually where we get strung along it's usually he just looks at an art and he's like well that thread you know suggests unity do you like that puzzle solving of thrones yeah because i think that's something
3: i would generally say is real true and i believe in real like you can study people and that's why i think that's why i liked it a lot in the early 90s there's a lot of there was a there was a some Zen philosophy and what Th- Thrawn would say in the early nineties stuff. I remember that's like I said. I would quote some of it. And yeah. I like a lot of it there and it is present in in Thrawn. I just want to know why he serves the empire. Later.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll get all those details. Uh, for me, just a couple things. Uh, I liked nut paste sandwiches. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a big fan <laughs> of peanut butter and jelly
3: toast and sandwiches. So I'm there for that
1: the the this book is just in the grand tradition of star wars a mix of like super cool names then things that are quite uh, uh close to earthly reality and then like it's uh what would we call peanut butter but in space nut paste
3: <laughs> you know with zon i'm surprised he just didn't say uh peanut butter and jelly
1: uh, the <laughs> hot yeah the old I, maybe maybe the hot chocolate battle has is a thing of the past mm-hmm. um I like to give the benevolence a weird shoulder symbiotes um I think I, I like that Zon doesn't spend a ton of time super super over describing aliens or places but sometimes when a, a character is given a detail like that of the the symbiotes with little tentacles checking out uh food and airflow and stuff mm-hmm. nice and gross really like that uh good. I also really like that uh and obviously this is in other books, but that uh the lesser space and uh the ascendancy chaos have different technology. Obviously, that's big mm-hmm. deal with the shields. Uh, but I like that the Ascendancy just straight up has smartphones, right? A Questus, yeah. like there's they're they're like uh give me a second. Uh I need to send a tweet and watch Quibi on my Questus. <laughs> like they're <laughs> smartphones. There's no no, you know, BS about it. And then meanwhile, over there in Lesser Space, they're like, well, we have comms on yeah, yeah. our wrist but then we have to go get a data pad for other for reading we don't carry a data pad yeah no, I, <laughs> I, I like that yeah it just makes it seem like oh oh lesser space you were so close to putting all that tech together and making a smartphone but you didn't yeah. quite get there
3: it's, it's it's with the shields uh you know with them kind of lo- oh god these shields could change the the chis ascendancy for the better you know I, I like that there is a difference Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you have hopes for the future of this Thrawn trilogy or Thrawn storytelling in general?
3: Yeah, I really want some, I really want to, to get to, to see the, the stakes for the Chiss Ascendancy, uh, to, to, to not that I want all out war, but just want to know a little bit more about what could potentially, I don't want to potential uh, the, the things to potentially happen. I want things to happen. I want, I want a bigger scale story, explain exploded out and 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 perhaps a little bit more of uh, I definitely want the emotions of Thrawn we're probably not going to get it from him but if we can learn details that help kind of paint the picture for us that's what that's the stuff I'm all here for
1: yeah yeah Uh, I think yeah I pretty much the same I just from this book series would like more of the parts that I liked Um, and that (laughs) is really the the character interaction uh, and I think really even it doesn't even have to be like uh, deep. Ooh, here's another drop. We learned something about Thrawn's past. I really like that. But I just I liked any scene where Thrawn was having a human conversation, uh, with uh Sherry, who I really like, Arlani, who I really like, uh, Thalia, who I really like. I even liked the kind of uh, father son uh, relationship with uh Bake. So I'm really excited for just more of that. Um, really love the Skywalker thing. So I hope that uh, uh Sherry uh, remains a character and. Mm-hmm you know, we've, we've met a couple other Skywalkers. We met the one in uh, Thrawn Treason who was inexplicably older, right? Um, and we obviously, Thalia, we're, we're learning from her perspective. But since Sherry is kind of actively present in the story as being a Skywalker, I'm really hoping to follow her journey a little bit more as she gets a little bit older.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. My Sherry. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see a little bit more of that character. Um, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, there was. I, I keep pronouncing it as Sherry, and there was uh, one moment of dialogue where she said, "Oh, it's so, a oh Sherry," and it was like, "Oh, that's that's just a song now in my head." <laughs> <laughs> oh Sherry, yeah. um, and I really did like all the world building of the Ascendancy itself. Like we've had a general picture of who the Chiss are, uh, but wow, the the frozen world, uh, going to elaborate uh, just lengths to fake enemies out that that city is filled when it's not in those caverns. And uh, I would love, I can't believe I'm saying this, Ken, mm. but I'd love to learn more about the ruling families, like how they're different from one another. Cause I, I this one had like great political maneuvering. Yeah. Right. But it didn't get us quite to that point of like, well, the Usfa family really has this slightly different opinion about the ascendancy. Right. I would love to start to see those, not just the maneuvering, but the real contrast—if they have different ideology within the larger chess ideology.
3: Yeah, there, there's, um, there's something about uh, it's not similar at all, but it made me think. There's a comic series uh, over the last few years. I don't know. I think it kind of wrapped up. Uh, called Lazarus, uh, which is was a great series, and it's it's about uh, our, our world, uh, America, and, and how eventually just uh, it's between nine or so rich families and the rest of us, which are the waste. And it's just, in this battle, there's this war going on. And each family has like a clone, essentially a Lazarus. And it's really interesting stuff. Uh, and, and a couple of times I thought about this. I was like, I could, I could take that. These families really going at each other over a war and, and, and how that affects, you know, I don't think that's going to happen in this series, but it, when it comes to the families and the dynamics and the fact that there's some rivalries and they don't like each other and they're recruiting. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to see where all that goes. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there will be some great world building of uh, the chaos that connects back to uh, the stories we know from lesser space. Or maybe uh, Thrawn will get somewhere near uh, Octo or Exegol. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, that would be exciting, too. And I trust uh, Zon. I think I've called Thrawn Zon and Zon Thrawn a couple something. times. <laughs> it's easy to do. It's easy to do. Uh, So I would like to wrap up our conversation, Ken, uh, with a fun question. If you could ask Thrawn to fix one problem for you in your life, what would it be?
3: YouTube algorithms. Um, (laughs) If he could form a strategy to get around them, surround them, and overcome them, that'd be great.
1: Now you've got me imagining Thrawn sitting down to figure out humanity. He pulls up his questus. He looks at our art and he looks at a YouTube video that's some sort of uh, clickbait about somebody being fired from a movie, (laughs) and he reads the YouTube comments, and he's like, I don't need to do anything. They will destroy themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, deep stuff. Uh, Yeah, I I have not given this one a lot of thought. I think I might have said this before when we're talking about Thrawn. Uh, I would ask him to help me with time management because I have so many things I want to do, and that's, never enough time. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think he could do it. I think he could figure out a way uh, to to solve the puzzle of me uh, and show him some old paintings and see what he thinks. Um, any final thoughts on this book before we wrap up? No, look, all jokes aside,
3: uh, you know, if anything I'm taking shots, I know a lot of people really enjoyed this book and they enjoy Thrawn and they love Zahn. I, I do, too, uh, from a certain point of view. and. Um, and the, and the salad bar of star Wars, uh, I'll move to another meal most of the time, but I, I'm, I'm excited. He's Thron. Zahn. I almost did it there. Zahn has done his job because I, I, you know, I'm getting of this book and going, all right, definitely. Let's see what's next. I want to. So that to me shows, uh, shows me that the book is successful despite any personal misgivings I might have about Thrawn being a know-it-all.
1: <laughs> yes good summation and I will uh, say the same that there are parts of this book that I love in some ways my favorite Thrawn because it got into the character of Thrawn and some vulnerabilities and some growth that he ha- might have earlier in his journey uh, there's still some stuff but like you said it's not my favorite part of the salad bar to eat at but I got a damn good meal and I am very happy for it I enjoyed the nut Paste sandwich mm-hmm. <laughs> that is Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. Uh, and looking forward to the next one. So, Ken, do you want to tell people where they can find us?
3: Yeah, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can go to Four Center Pod, use the hashtag Four Center to join the conversation. We're on Facebook at Four Center Podcast, Instagram, YouTube as well, fighting the algorithms. Podcasts available, uh, available on a lot of spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. We have merch available at tpuppet.com slash user slash Force Center. Pick yourself up a Speculate Responsibly shirt just in time to watch Mandalorian Season 2. You can support us at patreon.com slash Center. Uh, a lot of new patrons on uh, last week. Thank you so much for joining the cause. We appreciate your support. As always, a great way to support. Just listen and tell a friend about four Center. We got our own stuff we're working on all the time here. That's why we need Thrawn to kind of help us with our schedule. You can go to kenapsock.com for information on all the things I do, including the live Riley's Cantina. Mark Riley has his own Star Wars uh, show and brand, Riley's Cantina. We're doing a live version. I'm helping him with that. And we got some special guests that uh, I can confirm we have already kind of uh, soft announced. We're doing the the big Twitter announce soon here. But uh, Mr. Joseph Scrimshaw will be joining us, making a special appearance. Uh, And then I can confirm that Jennifer Landa will have some contributions to the show as well. We're doing it live on stage. We're also going to have a lot of video bits, a little variety, comedy, uh, Star Wars uh, comedy variety hour. A lot of fun coming on October 10th, 7 p.m. You can go to kenapsock.com events page to get tickets. Sir, you.
1: Yeah, I I love being soft announced. It's one of my favorite things.
3: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We're not opening the yogurt shop until. (laughs) Monday but we're going to try it out on Thursday
1: that's right that's right I'm very excited uh, to be a part of it and that show is going to be great so I recommend everybody go check it out Uh, you can find all my various adventures on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw and you can go to my website josephscrimshaw.com for links to my other podcast obsessed comedy albums links to the show I work on Tigtone weird fantasy comedy show so go check all that out at josephscrimshaw.com for now, th- for myself, uh, for Ken, for Thrawn, uh, for the third site itself, this has been For Centre.